The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Gerald Everett, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today is the trash man who called me up at probably 6 30 at the crack of dawn this morning. We're recording a little earlier than usual, saying he wanted to talk about late round running back and wide receiver targets that he's getting in his early uh, his early drafts and various simulations. So I said, all right, trash man, we can do it. That sounds awful early. I'm taking care of my son today, but we'll schedule out a little bit of time because you really, really, really want to talk about this one particular topic. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for obliging me. <laughs> so uh, we will talk about that. But first, I want to just kind of go over some news and notes. Also, kind of let people know uh, some scheduling stuff. For this next week, I'll be um, on vacation for next week um, before we really get back into the swing of things after the 4th of July. So probably no podcasts next week, but uh, coming into that week of July 5th, we'll have some announcements about what's going on with radio for Roster Watch, not only for the um, for the training camp tour, but also for the end season and sort of business season, July and August stuff that should be exciting to hear about we'll be picking up the podcasts um with probably a guest one day a week and then one day a week we'll have either byron or Trashman or maybe alan or you know one of the roster watch guys on there so the um the podcasts will be picking up starting after july july 5th but um next week uh, i'll be on i'll be on vacation so um if you can just stick with us there trash man a bunch of news to get to, a bunch of notes to get to. What do you think about this? Sammy Watkins, Jamison Hensley, who covers the Ravens for ESPN, is saying that Sammy Watkins is the best wide receiver at minicamp. Your thoughts? I mean, does it really matter who the best wide receiver on the Ravens is? 
No, he's just going far. He's he, he's he's, he's he, he, right. But I mean, he's going. He's he, he's he's going for free in drafts. Yeah, I mean, I think you know he's worth a he's worth a fifteenth round pick, 14th, 15th round pick. Is Sammy Watkins still even Sammy Watkins? But did Sam was Sammy Watkins ever really Sammy Watkins? Yeah, he was for like a year or two in Buffalo. I mean, I don't know if he ever really lived up to the potential that you know he was. Sammy hyped Watkins up to was be. Sammy Watkins at 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 the, at the combine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, (laughs) he's never lived up to the potential that he was hyped up, you know, to have in college, coming out of college. So any, I feel like anything you get out of Sammy Watkins is a, is a bonus at this point. I, good luck getting anything consistent out of him on that Ravens offense. It seems like it's, it's, it will be a, it will be a, a hair pulling enterprise to even trash man can't start even Sammy tra- Watkins. Even trash man can't on a regular basis. Come on, man. I mean, no, I mean, no. He'll be in the garbage grab. He'll be in the <laughs> garbage grab probably multiple times. But I, as starting him cons- with any consistency, I mean, I got to see it to believe it in that Ravens offense. Do you need to see it to believe it with with Mac Jones? We have the uh, reporting coming out from Sports Illustrated that he's been the best quarterback. Um, there for the Patriots. Um, now it's starting to feel like there could be a chance that he really is, you know, going to enter the season the starter. You've been a long time Cam Newton apologist. What do you think? Are you are you are you worried at all about Mac Jones for your? Yes, your I mean, um, in my recent AFC East position battles piece, I talked about Mac Jones versus Cam Newton, and I think that is going to be a real competition. Cam. As someone who watches Cam, you know, yearly and his and his production, he's not he's not the man he used to be. He he's that that kryptonite has finally gotten to him. It he's seems looked like absolute. He's looked like a hot, a hot trash trash fire at certain points. <laughs> there was the one game he. So there was the one. At, do 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 you remember the, the Seattle game last year? That was the one game where he looked like the old Superman. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, he looked good that game. And the thing is, if Cam Newton is good, Cam Newton's going to be good for Cam Newton. Like, I don't see him being a boon for any of these receivers on his team. Maybe a couple of the tight ends. I think he's going to be good. I think it would be good for the tight ends, possibly, and the and the pass. That's the offense. Backs. That's the offense. Well, I know, I know, but. If we're talking about getting some production out of a Nelson Aguilar, Dude, Mac, Jones, Mac, Mac Jones is going to throw darts to to, to Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, and he's gonna and he's gonna take shots to Nelson Aguilar. He's gonna be so much better than Cam. Let me just yeah, tell you right I mean, now, he's Mac Jones is gonna win the job. He's just gonna. I win mean, it. and I mean, and we know for Bill Belichick, he has no reservations about putting an uh, an unknown or untested, you know, quarterback under center if he thinks. He, you know, that's going to be his best option. What about um, just some of these headlines? So the athletic had the article about the expectations for David Montgomery for the bears this year. Adam Johns is saying that he's going to surpass his 2020 numbers as far as rushing. To me, I worry about, um, I, I looked at the targets earlier. I believe it was what thir- he had almost set, he had 35 targets in 2019 and I remember thinking it was almost double that in 20, 
20. I'd have to go back and look, but it was like, if it, if it wasn't 70, it was 69 or 68, something like that. I just not, I'm not sure that the receiving stuff's going to be there, especially with Tariq Cohen coming back. And I believe they've also added Damian Williams. Uh, they did. They, they, they added Damian Williams. I mean, it's Tariq Cohen. He's actually one of the guys I was going to talk about later in this, in this podcast. I feel like Tariq Cohen's healthy. I don't see David Montgomery reaching those numbers. I don't know what he's basing that basing this uh, uh, <laughs> prospects on. Well, I think it's probably the same thing. Like we had Mike K on the other day, that, and I'm sure that you listen to every episode of the every episode of the podcast <laughs> religiously. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, since I know that you didn't listen to that, um, I'll tell you what he said. He he was talking about Miles Sanders, and he was saying, you know. He thinks that with um, you know Kenny Gainwell coming there, they still like Boston Scott. They still have a, just a whole lot of still have a whole lot of running backs, and uh, you know just because Deuce Staley is gone there as running backs coach, and it's a new Nick Sirianni offense, et cetera, et cetera. He, he thinks that the committee is going to stay. He said though that Miles Sanders he thought was going to have a better rushing year this season. But he was worried about his receptions and his total overall yardage. To me, maybe this report from Adam Johns feel similar to that. Like, you know, maybe his total rushing number will go up. They'll they've seen what he can do when given the bulk of carries, you know, last season. But clearly we can't expect his receiving to go up whenever we know that Tariq Cohen is going to be there. It's like it, I mean, you're not going to get those two guys on the field at the same time, I don't think. I just um no. with whenever whenever Cohen's out there, he's going to be out there to be used as a receiving weapon. He's the human joystick. So yeah, yeah I, I mean, Damian Williams. I think Damian Williams is a better pass catcher than Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery had some really good catches. If you just if you just watched, if you just you know, so did Damian Williams. Like, yeah, but Damian Williams sucks trash, man. Um, what about what about this? Speaking of guys who suck, what is what does this even mean when it's uh when in the athletic they said. For the Falcons page, they said that Cordero Patterson is going to have a more traditional role this season. What is it? What is a traditional Cordero Patterson role? Um, you know, a, a, a couple rushing plays a game, some a couple kick <laughs> you returns. Just your traditional Cordero Patterson stuff. I mean, know, what one, does that one, even mean? One, one, one deep ball attempt. No, that's <laughs> what is that? That's mean? asinine. <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, the uh, staying there in the staying there in the uh, I guess in the that part of the that part of the world the same the same division at least Antonio Brown now it's looking like he's his his probation is over and Byron and I have talked a lot about Antonio Brown and us really liking him in like the eighth round of these drafts. I'm not sure he's going to be able to stay there for that long as people begin to realize, you know, he's Antonio Brown. I mean, he's gotten older. He's clearly not who he used to be. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy that – I'm not even sure it's – I'm not sure that it's – is it hyperbole to talk about him like him being – he was on sort of a Hall of Fame-ish track? If you just look at his pure statistics, like, let me just look this up as far as like what are the top – so what are the top receiving yards seasons in NFL history? And I mean, it's got Antonio Brown has had a couple of just absolutely, absolutely Monsters. monster seasons. Um, I mean, and this, and this is another guy I was going to talk about later in the podcast. I, I feel like people right now, you can get Antonio Brown a lot cheaper than he's actually going to 
you know, pay out for you in fantasy right now. Jeez. Antonio Brown. I, Antonio he, Brown if, went for sixteen ninety eight in twenty fourteen. Antonio Brown. So he has the number four and the number nine all time seasons. So all right. So here's the top four: Calvin Johnson, 2012, 1964; Julio Jones, 2015, 1871; Jerry Rice, 1995, 1848; Antonio Brown, 2015, 1834. And then in 2014, he had the 1698, which was good for ninth all time. So I mean, we're talking about a guy that I mean, people throw right around generational. Antonio Brown. I mean, certainly, certainly generational. Um, he is going to be age 32 for this season. I believe he's actually – no, he'll turn 33 on July 10th because he was born thing in is, he's, he's in that kind of Marvin Harrison kind of mold where, you know – And Tom Brady loves him. Tom Brady he, he doesn't, loves him. He doesn't really win off of his speed. He's always been a guy who, you know, figured out how to get open. Um, and being uh, undersized, be not maybe as fast as some of the other speedsters in the NFL. And if you go back, like I, rem- you know, remember in, in in scouting Antonio Brown and realizing that his father is the best arena football wide receiver of all time. <laughs> so he, he's got the pedigree. Um, yeah, I mean, if people have short memories and just you know take his off field. Uh, difficulties with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's an easy shoe-in for Hall of Fame. Hold on. What? Um, Antonio Brown. So on his pro football reference page, they have his kind of his nicknames next to it. There's nicknames are AB. I mean, you you know one of them, Mr. Big Chest. But what is <laughs> what is this one? What is I've, I've, I've totally forgot. What does Ronald Ocean mean? What is that? Was that, that when he got to Ron Mexico? What I, is was that? that when, was that when he was like dressed up, like changed his hair and wore a gold suit? Ronald O. Ronald know, Ocean. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look that up. I, I bet you that there's some listeners to the pod. Um, oh, so this was something that he told the um, he did. He there was a while that he called himself Ronald Ocean, and apparent and Ben Roethlisberger when asked about it said he had no clue why <laughs> he said he was calling him billy for some reason <laughs> well he's calling billy ocean because it, because of billy ocean the singer yeah, i don't know i don't get know, out of, get out get out of my dreams and into my car okay well this us trash me let's let's get out of this news segment um C- but, C- was C- there else, queen was there anything oh do you have anything to say about this trashy Gerald Everett news? Do you care anything about Pete Carroll saying that Gerald Everett's gonna be the breakout guy for the for the Seahawks this year? Yeah. Yeah, that I mean I I I, I take I, I I there's some validity to that. I mean, you think about how much they liked a guy like Will Disley, who wasn't really an exceptional talent at tight end, you know, and up until he got hurt. He was a. He, I think he was running as a top five tight end at one point in the season at, at a stretch. So I feel Gerald Everett, you know, for all intents and purposes, is going to be at, at least a, you know a decent streamer at the tight end position if that's the way that they're using him. And he's going to have a pretty high ceiling there, I think. So Shane Waldron is the new offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, where he was, and he came. He came from the Rams, so that's yeah. 
that, I mean, that's a pretty good sign that, you know, the new offensive coordinator has that familiarity with Gerald Everett. We love Gerald Everett, you know, going, I mean, I think you were there at his senior bowl. That was a, that was a good senior bowl there for tight ends that year. And Gerald Everett was one that really stood out to us. Um, all right, before we get to some of your late round picks, trash man, I wanted to see if I can just go over to fantasy pros and use their, uh, mock draft wizard here to run a simulation. I've uploaded, um, I've uploaded version 1.3 of the PPR cheat sheet uh, over there, and I will get my screen shared here so we can go through a draft, and you guys can see how the cheat sheet is drafting right now. As I mentioned, um, a little a small break in content next week, although we'll keep getting stuff up on the site from Trashman, from Alan and Ani and our great contributors over there, but uh, no new tools. The, the tools will be starting to really get cranked up. I mean, even behind the scenes right now, our developers are beginning to work on updating some of them and um, getting them back fully online and automated. But I'll have, I'm, I think I'm going to have the running back strength of schedule up. Uh, there were a couple of wide receiver strength of schedule things I wanted to talk to you about, Trashman, actually before we get to your late round picks. And um, the, the the running backs will be up this week. I've just now pulled in all the data, and I'm working through that to get that list completely done. Um, but most of the focus has been on testing this damn sheet. Trash man, you know what kind of t- Jesus? You know how you know how much this uh, how maniacal I get about going over this thing. So let's let's uh, let's share the screen here. This will be a 12 team. Uh, PPR draft, the snake draft. Uh, you can see here, if you're watching on YouTube, the roster positions will be one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end. Uh, we'll, that we'll have two flexes. That'll be running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Um, we'll be drafting against all the experts on Fantasy Pros and also the composite ADPs of Fantrax, RT Sports, Fantasy Football Calculator, the composite of those, and then also the composite Best Ball ADP along with the pre-draft rankings that are already up from Yahoo, ESPN, and NFL.com. So basically baking in everything that you're going to be drafting against or that your opponents are going to be using against you. As you know, the the cheat sheet is not a set of rankings. It is a – it's a way to leverage versus ADP and create a good, well-balanced team – it's still getting through some of the kinks. No one's really using it just yet, but this is an important time for us to just be testing it, make sure it's going the way that it should be going. Maybe identify players we're getting too much of, too little of, et cetera. So I'm interested to hear your feedback here, Trashman. Is there a particular spot you want me to pick from? Uh, let's pick from the four. I hate that spot. <laughs> okay, but we'll pick from the four. This will be a Derrick Henry team, I bet. We'll see. Uh, that is that. Does that hurt you? No, no, but no, no. It, it looks like it'll actually be a Camara team. So, don't mind starting out here with Alvin Camara. We'll get our roster pull up here so we can know what we're doing as we get through here. Um, so Joe Joe Mixon will be the next pick here. Do you like taking Joe Mixon ahead of Antonio Gibson? Yes, I I do too. Uh, I've received a little bit of pushback about that. God damn it! I hate this. I hate that Michael Thomas is going to be the pick here, but uh, especially when you know we're worried a little bit about the Saints quarterback situation. But uh, it won't always fall like that. We get a, a stud number one wide receiver, so it should be fine. Um, Chris Carson looks like he'll be the next pick here. He hasn't been at he hasn't been at minicamp. Trash man, do you care about the fact that they're saying that Alex Collins looks like he's been the best running back for the Seahawks at minicamp? 
there is no. there there is no uh there is no um Chris Carson there is no Rashad Penny of course who's still recovering from uh, his most recent surgery what about your boy Penny Hart he's been here he's been here in Texas uh, training with coach D Rob I watch him on Instagram almost every day can we get a big <laughs> breakout finally uh, uh potentially uh, I mean I, yeah, I definitely think that's well within the realm of possibilities. We we we've seen some volatility there at that at that position in the past. What would you do here? So we only have one wide receiver so far. We have a choice here between Travis Etienne for the Jacksonville Jaguars or Brandon Ayuk uh, taking. Just go ahead and taking him as our wide receiver two here with our uh, fifth round pick. I mean, I would go with uh, I would go with Etienne. And just hope something happens at wide receiver. I know we're going to get yeah. some wide receivers later. I mean, as a, tra- a as, a, as a trash man. as a trash man, wide receiver is the easiest position to, I think, fill in later. Yeah. Well, we'll see how the we'll see how it does with regarding how the sheets built. But I think it's going to make us take another running back here because it's not going to let us go past Chase Edmonds. But I bet you the sheet guides us back toward wide receiver right after that. It looks like it's exactly what it's going to do. Our wide receiver two here is going to be Tyler Boyd. So this team is basically a New Orleans and, and Cincinnati stack type team <laughs> so far. Um, but, yeah, it looks like more wide receivers here are coming. Brandon Cooks will be the next pick here. And then maybe we'll get our shot. No, we're not going to get our shot at A.B., but uh, Jarvis Landry is going to be – Jarvis Landry here at the 9.04 feels like an excellent value. Yeah, that's solid. Um, let's see. So our quarterback, we're going to take Jalen Hurts here at quarterback. What the sheet's going to do is probably give us Jalen Hurts as a starter, just with the upside there. I'll bet you it gives us a second quarterback later. Based on the simulations I've done so far, I'll bet you it's Ryan Tannehill. Um, but anyway, so let's go ahead and take Jalen Hurts right here. The cheat sheet did, um, the cheat sheet did pull through with getting us a bunch of wide receivers here after the big run of running backs. We'll take Nelson Aguilar. We talked about him as kind of the biggest outside threat. We talked a little bit about Sammy Watkins earlier, and with him being gone from KC, another guy we've been getting just a ton of has been Mecole Hardman, who I, I think is kind of I, a, a little bit. I'm, I'm, in on, I'm in on Byron Pringle there. <laughs> You're on Pringle. Okay, uh, with the – so we have a choice here between Stafford and Robert Tunyon. I'm just going to go ahead and take Tunyon here as my tight end. Really? Um, well, I could take Stafford and then just take Tyler Higby next if if he yes. falls. Yes, that's that's that would be the, my move. Okay. Well, man, let me just let me just take Tunyon just to make sure I get one, and then maybe we'll just get we'll get Higby as well. I don't want to be stuck without a tight end if Tunyon. All right, so we'll get we'll get Tunyon and Higby. What we should have done is taken Higby and Elijah Moore, isn't it? Elijah Moore for sure. So and just, Higby, just and leave Higby. him undrafted. No, yeah. it's only one last pick before kicker in defense. Yeah, we got to take Elijah Moore there. All right, so we take Elijah Moore. Do you, I mean, so you buy what you're hearing about Elijah Moore in practice that he's looked like the best player on the whole team. He's looked yeah. like a better player than even like Makai Becton and some of their studs on defense. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be dirt. It's gonna be dirty for him. And do you know how it completely screws over your boy Denzel Mims? He's, I know. He he he's. They're saying he's not a good fit for that offense. Yeah, no, I read that. Um, then send him somewhere where he is. I, I, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I mean, right. like if, if you, I mean, if, if you're if if Keelan Cole is a better fit for your offense, then I don't know how much I like your offense. So that team is uh, right. Well, I mean, well, no, but what if it's Corey? Yeah, 
Corey Davis. Yeah, that's probably what it would be. What if it's Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Jamison Crowder since Jamison Crowder's coming back? And Elijah Moore just more is like a like a like a slot slot flanker type. I mean, yeah, that's a possibility too. I mean, but Keelan Cole, he he's been the one running as you know opposite Corey Davis. Yeah. Up All right. to this so point. Here's the team on the here's the team uh, by the epic, magical, mystical, mythical cheat sheet. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. The running backs are Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, Travis Etienne, and Chase Edmonds. The wide receivers are Michael Thomas, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry, Nelson Aguilar, Miko Hardman, and Elijah Moore. The tight end is Robert Tunyon. That was me drafting just completely off of the sheet. Um, and not deviating from it at all. That's how the cheat sheet works. It's, it's magical. It's mystical. It's mythical. You, you get it with your subscription at Roster Watch, just like you get all of our tools, not only the season-long stuff, not only the draft stuff, but also the DFS stuff, all the other content, the exclusive content, the exclusive podcasts, all that stuff is with the very cheap membership over at rosterwatch.com. We don't do this stuff where – you know, the draft kits a separate membership than the end season, which is separate from DFS, which is separate from all the rest. So go give us a look over uh, over there at rosterwatch.com. Trash man, one quick thing, just about wide receiver strength of schedule, and then I'm going to get to you about your late round picks, your late round favorite picks. We talked earlier about Brandon Ayuk. We didn't take him, but it looks like San Francisco's got the best schedule of all four opposing wide receivers and it's also going to have a really good schedule as far as game script is concerned just in general because the opponents win totals for these guys uh they have what one two three four five six seven of their 17 games um with teams projected with less than seven and a half wins this season so they should be in good game scripts Whenever you look at the San Francisco 49ers and you think about valuable pieces there, I mean, Brandon Ayuk sure seems like he is uh, a good value where he's going right now when you can get him in the fifth and the, in the sixth round. But do we need to take into account whenever he had this screaming hot finish to last season, that was when George Kittle was in and out of the lineup. Debo Samuel was in and out of the lineup. You know, you get all those guys coming back. People are talking now about Jalen Hurd, um, just a complete post-hype sleeper you know how much i love jalen hurd i'm not sure how much he'll fit in but just with and sort of a quarterback changing uh to trey lance which could be i mean it could be awesome i don't know but generally we're a little bit wary with these situations involving rookie quarterbacks as far as just tempering our expectations as far as at least you know a bunch of these guys getting a getting a bunch of big action so where are you on the 49ers in general knowing that also knowing that we have an ambiguous backfield with now becoming a little bit less ambiguous because Jeff Wilson, knowing that he'll miss the first, what, six to eight weeks of the season, but we still have Raheem Mostert to talk about. We still have Trey Sermon to talk about. How are you handling these 49ers guys? And then let's get to your late-round picks. I mean, the thing is, I think that everybody is kind of approaching the 49ers the same way right now. So, Which is to avoid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to avoid, but, you know, it's like nobody is – is, is taking a lot of stock in the Iukes, the Debo Samuels right now. I, I, I feel like because Iuk, what, what was IU drafted for? He was drafted for his ability Run to make catch. moves after the catch. So, yeah. you know, I feel like 
even with a Trey Lance, if, if he's questionable. That's how um, Debo was drafted for, too. That's how yeah, I know. They're, they're, very, they're similar in kind of their skill sets, which is also kind of a conundrum there, you know? Who do you take, Ayuk or, 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 or Debo there? And I think really, I mean, it's whoever you get the best value from um, right now. And I feel like that's probably – And that's, that's who the new the Jets coach – that's where the new Jets coach came from, Sala, right? And he yeah. brought the offensive staff from there. That's probably why they don't like Mims. He's thinking maybe he so he doesn't fit into that kind of mold. You know, like he's like he's not a Debo Samuel, he's not a Ayuk, he's not that kind. He's an, but he, there's he, either there's Keelan Cole and I don't know, I don't get it. But um Elijah Moore is Elijah guy, Moore is that guy's nutty with the so ball. maybe we see maybe we see Jamison Crowder and Elijah Moore on the field a lot at the same time. Okay, but um, all right, so back to the 49ers. I'm sorry, that yeah, was, that just popped into my head. But then as far as the um as far as the running backs. Are you in on Sermon? I mean, you kind of like him. This is, this is one of the guys I was going to talk about later in the uh, show. All right, let's just transition into that part of the show. Let's talk about some of your later round picks. <laughs> one of them being Trey Sermon. I mean, he's got, he's got a pretty clear path to carries there in San Francisco. To be, I mean, you, you took a, pre, you took a pretty, pretty liberal interpretation here of late round picks. Trey Sermon's going – I mean, I've seen him in the sixth round, seventh round. So he's more of a kind of a mid-round, uh, I guess, as far as running backs are going. He's I a- mean, if you're talking about his potential and what it is there in San Francisco, I think seventh round is good value on Trey Sermon. Okay. We'll talk do about Do you disagree? It. No, I do. But you're not worried about Raheem Mostert, about hot hand approaches, Jeff Wilson coming back, having a three-headed – just three headed nightmare or do you just believe in enough in Trey Sermon for him to just get going and for him to develop the hot hand and just roll with it? I, I mean, I don't see why they would have drafted Trey Sermon um, unless that they plan on giving him the opportunity to run with the ball. Raheem Mostert, when it, when is the la- last time he played a, a 16 game season? Um and as far as Jess Wilson, he's got a long injury history too. I feel like it's a kind of situation. I mean, if if it, I mean, if we saw some of the games last year where we had no name running backs, you know, being the primary ball carriers for ball, ball carriers for the 49ers at stretches, we have Trey Sermon, who's a, a rookie. You know, we're bullish on the 49ers are bullish on. We have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson who have extensive injury histories. We have a young quarterback. You know, who's going to need a running back to lean on and, you know, running back who's going to be able to handle a lot of carries. I feel like Trey Sermon offers a lot of upside. Do you know do you know how we know that that team that I drafted using version one point three of the cheat sheet is going to be no damn good? Look at this trash, man. Fantasy pros. (laughs) They love it. They fantasy pros gave it an A plus, so you know we're completely screwed. Um, all right, uh, how about another one of these? How about another one of these late round picks? Uh, Trey Sermon feels mid round Tr- trash, man. These people want to hear the trashy picks from you. Trey Sermon's a little bit he's, okay. G- he's Giovanni Bernard, oh, trash man. You really wanted to take Gio? You're gonna waste a pick on Gio? Hey. We have a he's Tom Brady tiny, offense. And even Tom, my daughter will tell you that he's too we have, a, we, have a, we have a Tom Brady offense. We know how much Tom Brady loves a pass-catching running back. And is there – I mean, if we're ta- talking about, you know, 
pass protection, and the ability to catch the ball, Giovanni Bernard is well worth his salt. And he's on on the Super Bowl winning, you know, team. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of there's gonna be opportunity there for Bernard to produce, especially if Tom Brady likes him. If Tom Brady likes him, then then he's gonna be on the field. And Tom Brady loves pass catching running backs. And is there a more prototypical pass catching running back in the NFL than Giovanni Bernard? Leonard Fournette? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, Gio's going to screw Fournette and Jones. I got no interest in either of those guys for sure. But it's more about me thinking that he's just going to be a pest on their side than, or a pest in their, or a thorn in their side, I should say, uh, than him being a usable fantasy asset. But that's why you're the, that's why you're the trash man. Giovanni Bernard, that's got to be the trash. I mean, you, you, you got to have a few more of these guys, don't you? <laughs> I, I do. All right. All right. Um, Connor, James Connor. Oh, Jesus. Really? Yes. You're going to take Connor? Who, yes. Who Who's in front of him? Chase Edmonds? Chase Edmonds. I wouldn't be surprised if Vino Benjamin overtakes that dude. No. He looked no. horrible last year. What about horrible. James yeah, Connor, I mean, Mr. Oatmeal Pants? Do you, do you, do you think it's going to be any, any good there? When Cliff Kingsbury has these guys, has the, whenever these guys get old and decrepit like David Johnson used to look, he would just run them into the back of the okay, center. So, I mean, I'm just talking about a path, a path to carries for James Conner. James Conner, I think, is, is a more prototypical goal line back than Chase Edmonds. And you know? I will say that Chase Edmonds, whenever he's gotten the opportunity, has only failed to, failed to let us down once in that game two seasons ago versus the Giants. Yeah, I, I mean, like, Chase Edmonds, if you if you consider Chase Edmonds to be, you know, to be a high caliber, you know, top ten running back, then then maybe you, no, James Conner. Get the fuck Chase, out of here, Chase, right? If, <laughs> if, you consider that, if you consider that, get you know, get out of here. I don't really want to hear from you because he Chase Edmonds isn't a top ten caliber, you know. Talent. He's not, and we've seen that James Conner can be. So I, I, I James Conner certainly I, will not be. He's passed. Like, I'm not saying that he will. I mean, he, he had a, one. He, he had, had a bad season. He had a bad season. He had a miserable, a, a miserable. But it miserable was a season. bad season. And Chase Edmonds really, up until last season, what, nobody thought really much of Chase Edmonds as uh, as a three down back. That wasn't even in, in the conversation. I just feel as a path to carries, as a path to touches, I yeah. feel like James Conner has it. And I feel I feel like he's had two bad seasons because twenty nineteen was. He's a had bad a bad season. season and a half. He's had a season and a half that was bad. Well, because he only played what did he played. How many games did he play in twenty nineteen? He missed a bunch. So he played ten games in twenty nineteen. He went for four sixty four and four touchdowns. He had what was his what was his total yardage? Um, in that year, he had. 251 yards receiving that year. So he had 715 total and over 10, 10 games in his age 24 season. He had 936 and six touchdowns in his age 25 season just this last year. So he, he had two kind of bad seasons. The 2019 season was injury marred. I feel like it's been, you know, it feels like, I don't know. It just, it's, it feels like it's been, you know, 2018 was age 23 season was that, you know, 1,470 yard, 13 touchdown deal. We've seen him be really good. And I, now that I look at it, I mean, James Conner is a little bit younger than I had, than I had remembered. I thought he was more like an age 27, age 28 season type guy. We are just, 
looking at a season where he is just now to um, what uh, what our friends over at Player Profiler, like the Podfather, call the age apex for these running backs, which is right there, right right before age twenty six. So he's not necessarily set to fall off the big the big cliff. If his body's right, he didn't really get started. He didn't really get started until a little bit later in his career. I'm just not sure his body's right, man. I'm not gonna like. I'm just. I to be honest, we're talking about late. We're talking about late picks, and we're talking about a a, a path to carries, a path to major touches. All he has in front of him is Chase Edmonds. No, I guess I get it. Um, I just see me. I I don't know where. I just wonder. Where, where I mean, where are you comfortable taking James Conner? You're not gonna. You're gonna take you, him. After. You said late round. You said late round picks. I'm I know. Comfortable, I'm trying, would you? I'm would comfortable you say, taking him in the 14th round. Okay, I think he's gonna go before that. You, you know, think, think so? Gonna, yeah, he's gonna go before that. Uh, where, would you take him in front of say? Uh, let's just see here. Let, let me just look and see what. Let's say we have. Um. Well, all right. Well, how about if we just talk? Like, what about where do you, where where would you have him in a mix of guys like David Johnson? And would you have him above David Johnson, or guys like Ronald Jones or Fournette or guys like that? Like, are those guys you want more? I think those guys we've seen. To me, their, I don't want any of them. We've so seen. Like, we've seen. We've seen their ceilings. What about Kenyon Drake? Would you rather have Kenyon no. Drake sharing a backfield yes. with Josh Jacobs? I would. I would. You would. Okay. What about Nye, guys like what about like guys like Naheem Hines? Would you rather have somebody like that? In a PPR, maybe. Yeah. Thing yeah, is, like PPR. James Conner, I mean, he might be the goal line guy for the for the Cardinals. No, I mean, I could definitely, I could definitely see it. I just for me, would you rather have James Conner than the than like Devin Singletary? No, I mean that's it's an argument. I think you're. I think you're gonna have to. I think. I, th- I think in most drafts, James Conner will be gone by the time you get to round ten. Really, round ten, round 10 or eleven. So I mean, it's it's still a late round pick. But I think even though you kind of like him, I think you won't even end up. T- I think he'll go a little bit earlier than you think. Even though he'll be. Hey, if hey, if I go zero running back, then he might he he might be a guy that I take. I'd love to hear you. Some of your zero running back uh, guys. All right. Hey, uh, I, I, won, I won our lead last season on it <laughs> on an unintentional zero running back draft. <laughs> Why don't you just use the cheat sheet? You're like a you're like a co-founder at Roster Watch. You just like you. I, I did use a cheat sheet. I did use the cheat sheet. It ended like I running backs. I guess were at a premium, and I, I I was taking the best players available, and they were wide receivers. All right. You got what do you got? One more of these guys, two more of these guys. What do you want to do? I mean, like if you got Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill. I mean, you're not gonna take you're gonna take Tyree Kill or Devontae Adams ahead of most running backs. Um You had Tyreek and Devontae Adams on that team last year? Yes. No wonder you won the damn league. Jesus. Um AJ Dillon. Really? You're on AJ Dillon? Jamal Williams left 150 touches on the table in Green Bay. And considering the quarterback situation, I think they're even run heavier this season. 
makes sense. Do you think were you impressed with with anything that you saw out of AJ Dillon last year? And do you think that he's do you think that he's what if it's Jordan Love at quarterback? I mean, we did hear the word from minicamp that um J- Jordan Love was with you know Devontae Adams missing and all basically all the wide receivers missing. Aaron Rodgers missed, they all missed. It was a dump off fest from from Jordan Love to AJ Dillon. You think that that's gonna continue? <laughs> I, I think it's well within the realm of possibilities. You know, did I mean, like, did you I mean, was Jamal Williams any kind of premium talent, you know, for coming into the league? We didn't I mean, we liked him, but we didn't think he was an I don't think we thought he was um, a better caliber than like an A.J. Dillon. What is A.J. Trash me. What is A.J. Dillon's legitimate ceiling for 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 the year of our Lord? Twenty twenty one. Can he finish his RB two? On RB three with upside, you could. I think. I think it could be a situation where you're putting him in your flex every week. Every week, AJ Dillon, potentially. <laughs> if, if if Jordan Love is if Jordan Love is under center and if he's getting double digit touches on a weekly basis, and and he's a guy you can leave in on the goal line. Jamal Williams is leaving 150 touches, and if we feel like they're going to run the ball more this season then if you're thinking like you could be close to 175 touches, then yeah, I've, 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 I feel pretty decent about taking Jordan Love later in the draft. Jordan Love too. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, AJ Dillon, I'm sorry. Trash man. Well, if, if you have one takeaway from this episode, it's the trash man of all of his late round targets. The one he feels most comfortable with is taking Jordan Love. <laughs>